You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm Bill Defensive and Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us on this and another pre-free agency off-season edition where we have plenty of fun topics to discuss uh, we have some news topics, which uh, several, which I didn't think would pop up. They just did in the last few days. Uh, we are going to discuss those, including Cole Beasley, uh, his agent getting a, a request granted to seek a trade uh, from the Buffalo Bills or from another team to be traded away from the Buffalo Bills. Um, we have uh, some interesting information on some friction within the team, uh, particularly the coaching staff and players within the organization. Um, as brought up by a Tyler Dunn article. Um, we have the Bills coming back to training camp at St. John Fisher this season and uh, and some other things. And we're going to list out our biggest Bills needs heading into free agency and then into the draft. And, and then we have the Fred Jackson jersey giveaway uh, from Buffalo Autographs. So we're going to announce that at the end of the podcast. So stick around for that. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. And uh, guys, off season, off season again. Uh, we're not. We didn't just watch Bills game that we're reacting to. Uh, we're talking about Bills needs, how they can get better, where they might have some weaknesses at. Um, how are you guys doing, John? I'll, I'll start with you. I am doing excellent. I'm ready for this off season. Uh, it's kind of kind of weird. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. It seems like you always have a ton of needs as you enter the off season, and then. Inevitably, in training camp, you feel like you're all set. So let's uh, go through the cycle again. <laughs> I'm hoping that this does that doesn't this streak doesn't end this time. They're not like, man, man, we have got a lot of needs. This you got a lot of holes heading into the season. Well, let's hope that they uh, they get it together. Uh, but definitely, I agree 100, percent John. It's funny how you, how that happens. Mike, how are you doing this uh, this lovely episode? Doing well, and I'm excited to be here. It seems like football more and more every year has become a 365-day-a-year uh, sport. Yeah, especially when I make you guys come in on the, in the offseason every week, right? Well, let's talk about – okay, first news and notes. Um, this just happened uh, as we're recording this uh, a couple of days ago. Um, Cole Beasley's agent uh, was granted a, a request from the Buffalo Bills to seek a trade from another team. Uh, we mentioned 
on the last episode that Cole Beasley was one of our favorites to either get a pay cut or potentially be cut altogether. And uh, I'm guessing this is what happened. Now, this is all speculation, of course. But I'm guessing what happened is Brandon Bean, since the Bills have almost no cap room at all whatsoever, um, they defaulted on all their credit cards at this point. <laughs> but it, like we always mentioned, like we mentioned last week, there's always uh, there's always money in the banana stand. Uh, they went to Cole Beasley and asked him to take a pay cut for two to three million dollars or whatever. He is owed seven point six million dollars. He has a dead cap of one point six million dollars. So that means if they cut him out right right now, they would save six point one million dollars in in space. So. Um, this is going to get kind of hard to talk. Math is always hard to talk about over an audio medium, but uh, I'm guessing what happened is they asked him to take a two or three million dollar pay cut, right? So that would bring him down to five million dollars, let's say. And he's like, "Well, how about if we can find a, someone, a trade partner, and then I w- then Cole Beasley will get paid all seven point six million dollars. He'll get paid the one point six from the Buffalo Bills, and then the six point one from the other team." So no matter what, the Bills are going to eat that 1.6 regardless, at least 1.6. So uh, I'm guessing what what happened is uh, they gave him that option. He's going to search for other teams to see if anybody will offer anything for, so that he can get paid out all $7.6 million. Uh, the problem that I see with the situation is, and we'll never know necessarily unless Cole's agent comes out like that, but I feel like these guys never get traded they either take the pay cut or they get released right out. But, um, well, they they could come back with a sixth or seventh round pick from, let's say, the Cowboys or something. St- are you, probably not the Cowboys because it came from the Cowboys. Let's say it's like the Cardinals, right? The Arizona Cardinals. They're like, oh, we'll give a sixth round pick for Cole. Great. Perfect. Let's go back to the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Hey, Brandon Bean, we got you a sixth round pick. This this They'll trade for Cole Beasley. What do you say? And then Brandon B will be like, well, we were kind of hoping for a fourth round pick because Cole Beasley not being on the team is a lot different than having Cole Beasley and two or $3 million to play with. So it's kind of this weird thing where if you're Cole Beasley, you also have to figure out if you can't get traded, then is it worth taking that two or $3 million or is it worth or pay cut? So you're only making like $5 million or is it worth getting cut taking 1.6 right off the bat and hoping you can find another $4 million uh, salary somewhere else. And not only that, it has to be worth your while because you're going from a, from a team that you have great familiarity with that you had great numbers with for the most part in Buffalo and Josh Allen to another organization where you might not have that. So uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but that's my guess at everything that's happening. If you had to guess John and Mike, um, with with this information that you have, if you could look into the future, if you have a crystal ball in front of you, if you have a magic eight ball ahead of you, the odds of Cole Beasley coming back are, John, I'll give you that. Because now we know that he's, there's definitely a possibility. There's more than a decent possibility that he won't be back with the team. John, what do you think about that? I didn't necessarily think it was that great before that news came out um, because of the cap hit and their salary cap situation. Um, depending on the depth of the receiver class that could work against, you know, being 
but maybe they can get a future conditional pick out of it or something. Uh, I don't. It's it's hard to see him on the team next year because of the cap situation. Yeah, and you know that they've literally gone to him and asked for a pay cut. We don't know that for sure. This is all speculation. But why else would he be looking for a trade unless he's, you know, unless he's been asked to take a pay cut? Because that's the only other way that you're going to get your full amount of money unless you take a gamble on yourself and you get released outright and you get signed with another team. Mike? If you're him, though, what would you do? If I'm him, I take the pay cut, I think. I think unless you know that there's a lot of other teams that would pay for your services. He had a down year, too. Like, he didn't have as good of a year last season that he did. The season before, he had almost 1,000 yards. This season, I don't think he had 700 yards, you know, with more games. So, um, you know, it felt like there was a lack. But then again, they had Emmanuel Sanders on the team. But maybe they brought Emmanuel Sanders on the team because they didn't necessarily trust Colby. I don't know. Like, it's... it's. Did, did he have some injuries this year? He, or maybe not. I can't. He hit he had eighty two receptions each of the last two years. Mm-hmm. He had, he had some less yardage, but uh, he did have eight, over eighty catches the last couple of years, which is the best of his career. Twelve third down conversions, third and Cole. But he's um, also going to be thirty three next year, so you know that's working against him. When you look, I, I think he has. When he signed his deal, right? That was long before. Um, the COVID situation. So I think he has like, there's a little bit of that as well. Don't you? The COVID situation? Just his outspokenness and impact. I mean, other players, like always having to answer questions about him. Do you think that matters at all? Because I kind of think it does when it's, I think anything off the field comes into play. Yeah. If, if, if you're playing amazingly, then those off the field things are like minute compared to, but if you're like outspoken and it's not, it's, and this isn't even like a COVID conversation or a vaccine conversation, but it's, it was Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were very vocal that they wanted their players to get vaccinated. And he was very clearly like, I'm not doing that. So. I mean, he, he missed time. It's, it's not, it's not debatable or controversial. Like you missed time because, because of COVID. Because he didn't listen. He didn't listen to what the, and that's his free choice for sure. And he has absolutely every right to say no to that, uh, which I respect. But, but that like if I were, I mean, at the end of the, if I were him, I would try and stick with the Bills. If, oh. if you value winning for oh, sure, yeah. like are you going somewhere else is a huge question mark. Just think about all the wide receivers that have left their teams and done amazing on other teams. Like there's not that many of them, like lots of really talented guys like leave teams and don't necessarily have amazing careers with other teams. Um, so I look at that point. So I guess if it was me, I would hold fast, obviously if I'm the bills to taking, to having him take that pay cut because Josh Allen has proven that he elevates the play of his wide receivers. Like I Cole think Beasley the had the best, career, right. they the best have season the of his entire career with Josh Allen. Right, the bills have the ha- have hand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, you're going with the uh, the, the Seinfeld. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the bills definitely have hand in this one. Oh, I like that one. That's a good free agency term. Okay. <laughs> the team has hand. Brandon Bean. <laughs> His tremendous hand in this uh, arrangement. What was what was that? That was basically just saying that you had 
the advantage in a relationship. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what it's was interesting? Do you, was, do you think that's true? Like in any relationship, somebody has more. Somebody is always more willing to walk away than somebody else. Even oh, if it's, yeah. it's it's could be forty nine point nine. Yeah. To fifty point one. <laughs> right. To uh, <laughs> what is it, <that>, John? <laughs> <laughs> Pulls up my scientific calculator. Uh <laughs> Uh, stuck you, you in, think uh, I'm surprised at how quickly you were like, oh yeah, definitely. That's absolutely true. <laughs> oh yeah, my wife has absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's, uh, I don't know what I do without her. <laughs> She's like uh, I'm like an accessory to her. She's just <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think that there's definitely uh John, what do you think about that? I'd rather not think about it. <laughs> He's like I'd rather not think about my wife. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. She's like, huh, maybe. Wasn't there, was that the hand thing? Did that come because George and his fiance and, uh, and he was like, he went to that one different random person. Oh, was it? Okay. It wasn't the the end. At the end, he like, he couldn't believe that she was breaking up with him because he was like, I have that, I have hand. And she's in the, the, you know how they always tie it together in the end is closing. So he's like, I have hand. And she's like, and you're going to need it. <laughs> and when you're a little kid watching that, you're like, ha, ha, ha. like you know. <laughs> it's on the you're rewatch like... ten years later. It's like, oh. <laughs> and you're like, why did my parents let me watch that? <laughs> they're real and they're fantastic. What was it? Was it a contest? They knew that you wouldn't know that they were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) The eighty (laughs) windows. Why is Dolores funny? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get that till a couple years ago. Till you guys explained that to me on the podcast. I think I forgot that one. I'm like Dolores. Like, what is that one? Mulva. Uh, Mulva. Yeah, they're real and they're fantastic. Okay, I think that does uh, the contest. Spectacular. The contest. Spectacular. They're real and they're spectacular. Thank you. Sorry, John. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, the Bills absolutely have a hand on this one. Um, yeah. And if I were Cole Beasley, if you could... So, let's say let's a say couple, couple million dollars. He could either make five million instead of seven million. Instead of seven and a half million, he makes five million in Buffalo. Or he goes out there somewhere else to make maybe six million... But the quarterback situation is sketchy. Like, you know he's not going to be offered at 34 years old an 8 or $9 million deal. Like, no one's going to offer that to him. He had a down year last season. He was outspoken against COVID. Like, a number of different things, right? Um, his best bet is to stay in Buffalo and potentially have another really good season so he either gets extended by Buffalo, which I doubt will happen, or, um, you know... I don't know. That that that's the only option I, yeah, I see. He, he's gonna another, be too old contract. for for big extensions. I mean, like that. I don't think it's gonna. Like, has he ever had a thousand yard season? No, he he's almost. He's gonna one. be. He's gonna be thirty three. Like, I don't think that's gonna happen. No, I agreed. Agreed. So I say, Bills, Brandon Bean, stay, stay, uh, stay, stay steadfast. Keep that hand, um, and yeah. Yeah, so so that's that's where that ends up right now. It's a really interesting topic. I put some uh, polls on Twitter, and uh, definitely some. It's funny how uh, 
emotional people get with their responses. But I said Cole Beasley has a cap hit of $7.6 million. If his agent found a trade partner, he would save the team $6.1 million in cap space. And these are the four options. What do you do? Trade him for a low pick, release him outright, keep him and his full salary, or take a pay cut of 2 to $3 million. Now, the biggest, if you guys had to guess, um, of course, I gave you five options right there, but four options, but um, trade him for a low pick was the number one option at 56%. The next one was take a pay cut of two to three million at 33%. And then the other like 11% were release him outright or keep him at full salary. But either way, it sounds like the majority of people, almost 90% of Bills fans, do not want to keep him at his full salary. Like they just, they don't want it. And they also, don't want to completely release him outright. They want to get a pick for him or have him take a pay cut, um, which I think is unlikely to get a pick to or to get a pick for him. Like, I just feel like you just don't see that often. So, like my next poll below that was like, if Cole Beasley's agent is looking for a trade, is he successful in finding any trade partner? And fifty three percent of Bills fans say yes. <laughs> so forty six percent say no. I thought it was going to be more like eighty percent said. No, <laughs> you know, I didn't think the majority would say yes. That's why I love about these polls is sometimes what I think is definitely not what uh, Bill's mafia is thinking. <laughs> forever optimistic. <laughs> forever, forever. <laughs> Bill's mafia, right? Like not me. <laughs> I mean, I'm optimistic. You think that they'll get a chance to trade him for a low peg? Well, who did like Binkin? Like, who did he trade somebody last year that I I thought they were just going to cut? Like, oh, um, their seventh, their defensive end. Uh, somebody like and it was just yeah. like oh well he got a pick out of it like even even though like a, a bad pick but it's like oh i didn't i just thought they were gonna cut him but they were okay. gonna have to cut him and they got a seventh round pick for daryl johnson right like that's a that's a win or sixth round pick even maybe yeah yeah absolutely they already had too many players they couldn't keep them all so but you're telling me you can't get like a future well, not even this draft a future draft mm. conditional pick for beasley even if it's like a sixth rounder or something, like come on, maybe, maybe that. that's a good point. I guess I'm thinking this this year, yeah, of a conditional they have seventh nine round picks pick this year. They, they don't need any more picks this year, right? They get nine picks. <laughs> they, they need they need a stockpile for 2023 right now. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. Good point. I, I was just it was just interesting to see how many people. I mean, they want to trade him. You want the lower. I just don't know if it's going to happen. But it's funny that people think that as opposed to like just having him stay on the team and, and take a pay cut or stay on the team in general. So like if you look at it from that point of view, 60% of the people just want him gone. They either want him traded or released outright. So well, I, I think if it wasn't for the salary cap issue, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Because uh, otherwise, like why not, right? He's been great for the Bills. Why not keep him? He's been great at the... You know, finding the the great zone slot receiver, he, he can pick up the extra yards. He can get those first downs. Like, I think why not? Are exhausted it, with the with the COVID stuff. Personally, who, I think that cares? plays a lot. COVID's of- over. The Russia's invading Ukraine. It's it's a totally different story now. Yeah, COVID's done. Isn't that great? <laughs> Kids don't have to wear masks at school. Not that I mean, in everything. Congratulations, you made it. Wherever you're listening to. You made <laughs> I read something that like 60% of kids got COVID. Mind you, it was like a Weather Channel article. I don't know how trustworthy they are. <laughs> I guess just as trustworthy as everywhere I read. But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah. 
I'm 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 curious if if the COVID thing is really that big of a deal because I talk to other people and they don't seem to be as as uh, as faced by that. Uh, they think that that's not really the case, but um, I'm sure it doesn't help when you're when you're when you're telling the team we want you to get this because this will give us our best chance as a team to win, and you're just like no. And I'm sure knowing Sean McDermott. Um, the way that we do, he's probably like, okay, we can get you resources. We can talk to team physicians, this and that, to tell you why they think you should do it. And you're just like, no. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Well, there's only so many times, only so many opportunities you can do to do that. Or you can take well, that. I think it's a bad look for the organization too. Like when they were on CNN, it was Cole Beasley's face talking about how he's the face of anti-vaccine when they were in usa today it was like oh this is this is why the bills are in the news the national news because like it's just the exhaustion like you're asking the poll on twitter and that's where he was constantly i would say he feels attacked like he he was upset when bills fans were saying beasley he he thought they were booing him like it's just he he constantly how do you want to characterize it like feels attacked Mm -hmm. i guess and just it's it's exhausting that's just my take. Like yeah, I he definitely had soft skin. I for personally whole don't care, thing, but we just, were at that game. <laughs> it, it's just not. It's not for anything positive ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, he was he the he was the face for anti vaccine and anti vaccination for all sports right i mean there might have been a couple of others but none as outspoken as cole beasley right i mean we kind of get lost in this whole like we follow the team so closely that you know sometimes you forget to look outwardly but i don't remember another nfl player coming out at all as strongly against it or at least spoke his mind as freely as cole beasley did and i don't think um anyone else in the nba or what's that yeah, I, I mean, kudos to him for speaking his mind and point of view where so many players are quiet on the subject. Like, it's it's good to have varying points of view, right? Like, he was speaking out, not not necessarily just because anti-vax, but because of some of the rules the NFL put in place. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get into it, but, like, yeah, like, everybody's free to speak their mind on, on different things. I don't think that's a problem. I guess but by the same token, he's free to speak his mind, but he's he's free to be criticized because of it. Like maybe maybe due to his platform, people right like put athletes on a pedestal and thought he did his research more than medical doctors, and so they didn't get the shot and got COVID, and who knows? <laughs> like I personally think it's a pretty idiotic take. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. You know what's what's idiotic is if somebody takes their medical advice from a professional athlete <laughs> and thinking that like Cole Beasley knows any more or less than like, you know, or like if somebody, I don't think anyone ever looked at like any of his tweets and is like, you know what? He's got a point. I think he's got a point. I think I'm just going to do what he does. It either like, I don't agree with you automatically, or I hundred percent see exactly what you're saying, Cole. And I feel the same way. I don't feel like there was a lot of people that were like in the, Hmm, what does Cole Beasley have to say about this topic? You know? So I guess if you had to guess, so like my guess is he's going to stay with the team and he's going to just take a pay cut because I think that's the best thing for either his career legacy or whatever. Um, he, he not only gets a chance to play with Josh Allen, um, 
but he gets a chance in another possibly winning a ring. I mean, that that's, that's, that is going to be the selling point for every free agent to come to Buffalo. So that should absolutely be a selling point for him to stay in Buffalo, even at a reduced rate. I mean, unless money, maybe, maybe money is that important that for an extra $500,000, maybe a million dollars, it's worth going to completely, you know, different outcome. But, um, I don't necessarily think that's the case. So I think he stays. It's tough. If he, if he doesn't, if he can't, if they can't trade him, I could, and he doesn't take the pay cut. I think they'll release him. It's, it's too much money. Mm-hmm. But isn't but, he forced um, to take a pay cut at that point? Or he's he's very prideful guy. Him. He might be like, well, well, they could release him, and he could still catch on with another team for close more money than I don't know. Um, if he bets on himself, I, it's tough. There's certain times in your career where you should bet on yourself. I don't know if it should be <laughs> when you're thirty, almost thirty four years old, and uh, you had a down season, and you know maybe half the people that. Uh, could be your potential employers are kind of like, man, I don't really like what you were saying about that thing, <laughs> you know. But but even two or three million, like, wouldn't you rather save six million and draft someone that's, that's supposed to be deep deep class and receiver? That's that's the thing about all of this is, like I mentioned before, Josh elevates his wide receivers, his all of his receiving weapons. I mean, every single one of them have gotten better. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. I mean, I don't know about Emmanuel Sanders necessarily, but like almost all of them have succeeded better with Josh Allen as their quarterback, especially in the last couple of years. So uh, I would say that you would Hodgins, like if he was happened to be the third best guy, like that might not, I mean, a lot lot of people have been talking about Hodgins last couple of years. He could be that guy. Like I haven't looked into the like wide receiver realm that much, but there's probably a slot receiver out there who's like, just got out of his rookie contract, not expected to make a lot, maybe makes four or five million dollars. Josh Allen will take him from like a forty catch guy to like a seventy or eighty catch guy, you know? Like would you say, uh who who's that guy that just uh God, the guy from the Jets, Jameson Crowder. Like he might be a I think he's a free agent this year. Like you're telling me for like five million dollars he wouldn't maybe be an upgrade over Cole Beasley? Like they might get him on the cheap because he played for the Jets and the Jets are terrible. So you know, you might be able to get him for four or five million dollars, and he's younger. And I don't know. I think it's possible. So, I, I think I think they could take an Isaiah Hodgins or even a draft pick, like a decently, you know, a draft pick that's high, maybe first few rounds. Uh, yeah, I think he could be better than than Cole Beasley uh, potentially. Uh, I would still like. I'm I'm more of a conservative gambler. I would still rather him on my team with a pay cut rather than release him outright, though. But We'll see when when the if they if they have the chance to get like a really good player like when we get into the needs section of this podcast, uh, they might have to, you know, part with Cole Beasley if he won't take the pay cut, and uh, just to make space for him. So they have that in their back pocket. They might just pay him outright. Who knows if time comes down to it and they need that cap space all six point one, and he won't restructure, then they use it. Next topic I want to talk about was friction within the Buffalo Bills organization. Now, this just recently came out with um, a Tyler Dunn article, which kind of discusses some of the players' uh, viewpoints of the last 13 seconds of the Bills-Kansas City Chiefs playoff game. And the thing that was kind of interesting about this is that uh, we never really got an answer for what happened in that time frame. All we know is it was just like it was an epic collapse starting from the non-squib kick, going right into the defensive uh, coverage packages, uh, 
the prevent defense and them basically just marching down the field and scoring again, kicking a field goal within 13 seconds. Um, it was just, it was just, just such a crazy collapse that happened. Uh, Sean McDermott just said it was a, it was a lack of execution, did not blame anyone. You didn't want him to necessarily blame anyone, but there was just never any explanation about that. Since then, uh, the NFL combine is going on, just went on. And, uh, this was the first time that the media got a chance to talk to McDermott and Bean, uh, since, uh, the locker room cleanout area. And they asked them again about what happened at that time, you know, maybe hoping to get some clarity, about the situation. And then you just kind of stuck with the, it was a lack of execution. That's all I'm going to say about that. And, uh, there was a tweet from Josh Reed on Twitter, um, at for Josh Reed, who covers the Buffalo bills for WIVB. He said, I've talked to several NFL assistants and college coaches in Indy who are very much inside the circle. And they believe that there is some friction between the bills, head coach, Sean McDermott and some of the staff. Most of them also added that it's not that unusual. And then follow that up with the Tyler Dunn article where he has multiple players uh, confidentially talking to him under anonymity, obviously. Um, You wouldn't want your name out there. Basically saying that uh, it was a coaching blunder for all of that, that it wasn't a lack of execution. They said that, um, and I won't give it all completely away. Um, Obviously, you should subscribe to go long (laughs) with Tyler Dunn. uh, but this is this is what I gathered from the conversation, and I didn't subscribe, and I'm not a subscriber only because like I subscribe to the Athletic, the Buffalo News, like a, you know, it just gets to one of those things where like I like Tyler Dunn. We've had him on the podcast, super cool guy, nice guy, very knowledgeable, amazing writer. Uh, it's just like, you know, when you have Netflix and like Disney Plus, and you're like, do I really should I get Hulu? Should I get HBO Max? Like I want it, I really should get it, but then like you just justified yourself, like now nah, just. I'll just keep with those, these two for now. I'll just try to watch everything I can. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, you, you end up subscribing to like two or three more in the long run. But, um, you guys ever wonder that? Like, cause you guys are on, you guys are mostly cord cutters too, right? Like there's always a better cord cutting, like, <laughs> like subscription software out there. So like I have Disney, Netflix, we're able to get a Peacock account from someone else, uh, which is great too. Um, and we had Hulu for a minute, and then um, an ex-in-law <laughs> took away the, the subscription or something or whatever. So, like, we don't have that anymore. Now I really miss it, but I'm like, ah, do I want to pay 10 bucks more anyway? Do you guys ever deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think the from someone else thing is key. You kind of share certain things and get certain things, and, and it works out, right? It's like a barter system, John. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tit for tat, quid pro quo. <laughs> So what do you sign up for? Uh, Netflix. And then you give that password to somebody and then they give you And then their... we get a Hulu and then we get a, you <laughs> nice. know, a Peacock. And... <laughs> nice little underground economy. <laughs> John only, you know, John only yeah. gives Netflix. He also gets Paramount Plus. He also gets HBO Max, Showtime. <laughs> Those are all different people. Right. Yeah. It's not the same person. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh no! Exactly. So they're each getting one and sharing it with the the, the group. Yeah. Like so a, nobody specifically a socialist socialist system. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody has hand in this situation, <laughs> in this scenario, because if no, John... everybody, everybody has hand, everybody that's the, that's the whole... <laughs> an equal hand. <laughs> now the price of Netflix just went up. If not, if I'm not mistaken, John. I think everything just went up. Okay, everything just went up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Cable went down, surprisingly. <laughs> the best part is we don't watch anything. So. Yeah, we don't... <laughs> never had so many options to watch. Never had any less time to watch anything. Once in a while, we'll throw a DVD in. <laughs> DVD in. <laughs> Once in a while, I break out the VHS to watch some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I still have a I still have a VHS capable system that I, I can use if if need be. Is that a VCR? <laughs> yeah, but it's like integrated into the thirteen inch TV. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't get rid of that thing. That thing's going to be worth a fortune in a few I years. You can play Duck Hunt on it. <laughs> So if Netflix ever comes up with a way to limit the sharing of accounts, that's when we buy Netflix stock. I think they they all kind of do to an extent. So you have to be careful with that. Well, I share with five other people. You share with five (laughs) other people. (laughs) Nate, how many people do you share with? Five must be Uh, Only three people. I feel like I'm getting jipped. You're underutilized. Yeah, I've been taken advantage of. I feel like two or three subscriptions I buy. I have hand. I want to be in a part of a socialist utopia that you guys are in. Jeez, all these services. Mike, do you even pay for a service? Are you getting off scot-free? Are you getting handouts? Let's change the subject. (laughs) Mike's getting handouts from the I provide value in other ways (laughs) I do their taxes for them like what else could you possibly do to give them tell them when the bills are due you get you know you get a lot of channels just for having an over there antenna just to begin with right you get you know CBS NBC Fox and and all that but then you get like the you know the 10.234567 like (laughs) There's all these channels in between, so that you know you but nothing you would ever want to watch. No, <laughs> well, you, at a certain time, maybe. How it's like telling mash. Right? It's, just mash. <laughs> it's, it's just like how we grew up, right? Like you, you have to tune in at a certain time to watch whatever show. If you're not watching like. live sports, how desperate of a person do you have to be to watch like actual TV? <laughs> <laughs> like like primetime Thursday or Not whatever whatever goes on now. Old soul, John. <laughs> John's like, I like Nick at night, to be honest. That's that's my that's my go to. Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> Bewitched. One of the one of those channels does like a Star Trek thing, like they do like every hour they show the next Star Trek in line. Oh well, you can't skip like the first like right? you know, from like, you know, eight to nine might be the original Star Trek, nine to ten might be the next generation and then deep space nine. And like, it kind of goes like that. John, I didn't know you were a Trekkie. Uh, I watched pretty much, you know, whatever, you know, I like Star Trek. Star Specifically cool. Star Trek. <laughs> no, yeah. that's cool. Star Trek. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> so the bills friction, friction speaking, you guys glad you guys don't have any friction in your, uh, in your, uh, utopian socialist, uh, uh, societies where you just share share the streaming services, which apparently maybe I we need. need to... Maybe we need like an an app to hook for people to hook up. Yes, yes. You only yes. That's the next big thing. You only are allowed to give out one. Pa- yeah, give as many passwords as you give out. You get to gain. Right. It's like Tinder, except for uh, <laughs> streaming services. Streaming services. It's like I but have a Netflix. Like I us. need a Hulu. Yeah. You do. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, like the 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 hot chick on Tinder would be like the one with HBO Max to give away or something. What's the what's the premium subscription service that everybody wants but nobody wants to pay for it cuz it's expensive? I th- that's the only one I could think of HBO Max. Maybe there's another one. Do you have that, Nate? No. It's like left. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> That'd be the same as if, like, are you six foot tall? Swipe left. No, swipe left. Uh, do you make six figures? No, swipe left. Like, <laughs> do you have an HBO Max account? Swipe left. Um, yeah. So friction within the Bills organization, <laughs> basically saying that, like, what 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 they can. Essentially, what they, what Tyler Dunn essentially said um, was that it came down to coaching, specifically Sean McDermott. And I guess they thought that Heath Farwell wanted to do a squib kick, and Sean McDermott didn't, and I guess he kind of overrode him. Now, they don't know 100% for sure if there was a lack of communication between did Sean McDermott change it in that time frame or, you know, and Tyler Bass didn't get the call or did Sean McDermott overrule that, but like the defensive alignments afterwards, like fall on the head coach and stuff like that. And I guess what pissed off the the players was that they really don't even know a hundred percent what happened that game. They never really got answers themselves as to why they were put in that, why there was no squib kick, why they were put in the prevent defense, all that stuff. Like they don't know why. And uh, they think it comes down to Sean McDermott and there's, they're kind of speculating that like it was all because of him and he preaches accountability like nonstop. Like that's his thing. Like admit when you're wrong, like everyone makes mistakes, like get better, blah, 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 growth mindset. Um, but he didn't have any accountability for the collapse that happened in that game. And when you have players like that, grown men, athletes paid professionals and they put their, you know, blood, sweat and tears into a, a season and it ends like that. And the guy whose fault it is, doesn't come forward and say, Hey, that's on me. I, I did this. Like they're like, they're kind of ticked off more or less. Um, and I don't necessarily blame them for that. I guess, I guess it comes down to, you know, where, where does it, does it benefit him to say that? Does he lose the whole locker room? If he comes out and says that was on me, I'm the reason why your season ended. I'm the reason why you're not in the Super Bowl. Because Tyler Dunn, in talking to these athletes, they were all like, yeah, we would have went into the Super Bowl for sure, and we would have won. I don't know if that would have necessarily happened. That's quite a, you know, there's a lot of things that had to happen. Like, I think they would have had a decent chance for sure if they'd won that game. But um, I guess, John and Mike, I'll, I'll ask you guys, like, if you're sitting in that locker room and the guy who's been telling you, nonstop to preach accountability and he doesn't have it does that make you lose respect for you for him or is that better than him coming forward and saying that was on me i did that i should have done that i'm sorry guys you know what i mean like there's there's a fine line i feel like where sean mcdermott loses the locker room one way or he loses it the other way one more completely than the other does that make sense you know i you know this reminds me a little bit of the bickering bills right 1989, and you know what happened after that? They went to four straight Super Bowls. So you know what? I'm not too worried about this. You know, I I think they'll figure this out, and uh, you know, go to the last Super Bowls after this. <laughs> By the way, if people aren't familiar with the bickering bills and streaming services, uh, Four Falls of Buffalo is on Disney Plus. 
for any Bills fans that want to watch uh, The Four Falls of Buffalo, which I would absolutely recommend. Um, I actually watched it after the Kansas City Chiefs loss and uh, thinking it was just going to put me in a deeper depression, like a John-like level depression, right? But no, it, like, it was actually really entertaining, and it was really good to see, and it kind of made you, honestly, a little bit optimistic to watch it. So uh, that was good. John, Mike, uh, John thinks this is going to lead to Super Bowls, <laughs> even though there was no potential specific bickering like there was with the Buffalo Bills at that point, which was just funny because <laughs> I remember they show a clip where Jim Kelly's like, uh, they just lost to like the, the Houston Oilers or something. And Jim Kelly comes straight out um, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, well, we need some help and protection. He's like, and I'm sure you guys know who it is. Four of the five guys are doing a great job except for the left tackle or something like that. Just like completely just put uh, Howard Ballard. Was it, was it Howard Ballard at that time? John, I think it was. If not, it was another, it was, it might've been before Howard Ballard, but like, he just like, yeah, left tackle is really really not doing his job and uh and then Thurman Thomas to retort because all the other fans all the other players in the offense were pissed off that Jim is just pointing figures so somebody was like so Thurman Thomas somebody asked Thurman Thomas he's like yeah he's like I think I think the quarterback could be doing a better job and then the bickering bills just really like got out of hand and then they got to build pulling and had to get involved and all that stuff but anyway um John or Mike do you get when you hear this and uh you're in the locker room does Sean McDermott lose you if he takes the full blame or if he doesn't ever blame anyone and leaves it up to speculation? This is all hypothet this is all hypothetical, right? It's like it's too many yeah. oh no it's anonymous source. Everything's clickbait nowadays, right? Like who knows what's true. But just I respect people a lot more if they're like if they're straight shooters, for sure. Like we've all been had bosses in, in the pyramid people are above us <laughs> and if somebody gives you an order and tells you why like telling someone why is crucial um, they tell you what hey hey this is bs but we need to do it like okay i'll run through a wall for you if they're just like well mm-hmm. you, you you know what i'm saying yeah i think i think it's different when they give it to you straight and they're just like, yeah, this sucks. Like, you know, we just got this project handed to us and we all got to do it. it. Sucks. We got to work longer hours, but you know what? We'll get through it. It's different when that happens. Unless like the boss was like, yeah, it really sucks. I screwed up. We're going to have to work a lot more hours. <laughs> like it sucks. Let's get through this. Then you're like, well, what the hell? Like if you hadn't done that, then I'd be, I'd be home free. You know, like, so that's, I think more of the apt analogy. Uh, I would say the end result is the same, though, except in your example, you have a little ticket. You stick that ticket in your pocket and you cash that in when you need to. (laughs) Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. (laughs) It'd be funny if you'd start talking to your boss like that and he did it again. You'd be like, oh, old Jeff over here screwing the pooch again. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Excuse me? Um, But I thought in the press conference after the game – being like or, or uh, McDermott didn't specifically um, the intonation I would say was that it was not his fault. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the way he made it sound like he didn't want to throw anyone under the bus. Right. Meaning, oh, it's the kicker's fault. Yeah, it's the kicker's fault. Or the Whatever. special special teams coach. Like, yeah. oh, I told them mm-hmm. they didn't do it. I'm not going to say whose fault it was, but it wasn't mine. <laughs> was the implication? 
yeah the implication was like just to just so everyone's clear when they leave this press conference it wasn't me sean john was not the one <laughs> even though you know he could have said the defense could have played better from uh from a standpoint but yeah anyway this was this was an interesting just um nobody likes to get the wound reopened but it should be interesting i'm i'm curious to see how this is gonna this might affect the locker room i can't in my head, I'm like, it shouldn't affect it that much um, because there's been coaching spats between like, you know, coaches that don't get along with each other or whatever. I mean, I mean, Heath Farwell, Heath Farwell left for, you know, the Giants. So like he's gone now, so they don't have him. So that could have been one of the issues that, that, that came up. Um, it's not for sure, but it doesn't sound like uh, it, they made it sound very clearly that it was Sean McDermott's uh, fault that they thought it was a head coach. So anyway, um, Here's hoping there's no drama at One Bill's Drive and that uh, McDermott can obviously continue to maintain the respect of the players underneath. But let's start talking about some actual items before we get into the Bill's uh, Fred Jackson jersey giveaway. Um, we have the Bill's biggest needs going into this offseason right now as it stands before the Bills have re-signed anyone, before the Bills have signed any free agents, which doesn't happen for a, for a couple of weeks. Uh we have the the status of the Bills roster, and uh, I did a few different polls on this. So I did a poll in February thirteenth. So what's the Bills' biggest off season, uh, biggest need heading into the off season? I had defensive end, I had interior offensive line, I had cornerback, and I had defensive tackle. And the biggest need at that point was defensive end at thirty three percent. So this is kind of cool because this is exactly what Eric Wood said it would be when I had him on a few weeks ago. Eric Wood is like, defensive end is the biggest need headed into the offseason. Interior offensive line was second at 24%. Cornerback was third at 22%. And defensive tackle was fourth with almost 20%. So like, I was pretty proud of myself. That, That poll was pretty close, but defensive end was the winner. Now, I do this poll just a couple of days ago, and defensive end was second. The number one need right now is the Bill C is cornerback at 41.5%. And then defensive end. And then interior offensive line. Wide receiver only got 8%. And then people were like, oh, put defensive tackle on it. Put defensive tackle on it. So then I did in the second one. The second one, cornerback still led by far. Then defensive tackle was second. And then interior offensive line at third at 15%. And defensive end at 7%. So 48% to cornerback, 29% to defensive tackle. So those are the biggest needs heading into the offseason based on Bills Mafia and polling. So I guess I would say it'd be cornerback, defensive tackle, and defensive end, almost in that order. But So I I asked you guys all, uh, in order to be in the running for the Fred Jackson jersey, I asked you guys to email us or DM DM us some uh, of your positional needs. So we got some really good ones. Um, I'm going to read a couple of short ones and I'll read a couple of long ones. We'll go from there. So Rory writes in, he says, defensive end pass rusher. We have put a lot into our D line and have had Hughes and Matt and, and have Hughes and Addison likely gone, not to mention playing like rotational players, better pass rush could help mask weakness at cornerback, which is a very, very interesting take. Um, you know what's funny is the Bills, I believe, based on Track, had the number one most spending in the NFL on their defense. So it was good that they were a really good defense, but uh, it's just me. But like, I know that the, that Hughes had like great 
pass rushing statistics for pressures and stuff. Is it too much to ask them to actually get home more often and actually like sack the quarterback? And I don't know. I feel like the pass rush, like Rory says, could definitely be better this next season. And uh, I don't know if they have the guys on their roster right now to do that. Eric Miller writes, um, I'm stuck picking between cornerback, a CB2, cornerback two, or a middle linebacker that has coverage skill or coverage speed. Hill burning us in the Kansas City game still hurts. I think uh, linebacker is a good option right there. I like I like cornerback. Obviously, cornerback is, we mentioned last week with uh, Tredavious White's uh, status kind of up in the air. They did mention, though, at the Combine this last week that he's on schedule. What that really means and when we can expect him are two different things. Um, middle linebacker. I haven't heard a lot of people mention linebacker. That's a that's an interesting uh, interesting need. Jonathan writes, uh, separate Jonathan, I really think we need a cornerback. With the looming loss of Wallace and the uncertainty of White after his injury, we need some bolstering in the secondary. I also firmly believe that we can upgrade from Wallace. As good as he is, he has many limitations at that position. Can't wait to hear your pod next week and all offseason. As always, go Bills. I like that one. As always, go Bills. P.S. Keep Gronk the F away from Buffalo. And Mike just showed why John and Nates are better by saying he would take him. <laughs> what? Saying, he said he, Mike showed why John and Nates are better by saying he would take Gronk. That's what he meant to say. He implied it by saying that, you know, oh, you wanted Gronk. And, and he's a John. He's a Jonathan. So he has both of our names. So obviously, Mike, you know, John and John and I are fans of Jonathan. You, <laughs> I went from not being so sure about John's, J-O-N's, to like being like, oh, it's like my second favorite name. So let me get this. So you guys wouldn't take Gronk, and I would, and that's his beef. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like his... you guys would take Gronk, would you not? I would not. No. No, not at all. All right. <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard that story about Winston Churchill? Right. He's he's at like a swanky uh, big party, right? For rich. Sounds like they're making it up people. already. And is this the Great Gatsby? There's super s- smoke show uh, hot girl, uh-huh. right? Now you're interested. 1940s hot or like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And so he, he says like, would you, what's well, a lot of money back then? Probably millions a lot back then, right? Like, uh, would you sleep with me for a million dollars? She's like, yeah, of course I would. Uh, and then he's like, well, would you do it for $10? And she slaps him across the face and like what kind of like what kind of woman do you think i am and it's like we've already agreed we've already established what kind of woman you are now we're just haggling on the price right that's what we're talking about with gronk like for a million we would all take him. for 10 million none of us would but somewhere <laughs> in the middle there is a price that we're just haggling about so i disagree with this jonathan <laughs> like it's I don't think Ridiculous that's it at thing. all, but it's yeah. still interesting. But I, I it's all, it's the, totally a function of price. You didn't establish a price to begin with, so you can't even use that as an analogy. It's not like, oh yeah, well, yeah, we take them for whatever. I don't want them in general, like even price, regardless. I mean, I know that exactly. I know that he could, in theory, like help me. I mean, we just talked last week about how bitter of a person I am, and like with this with this one especially, like I'm very the bitter. worst. The well, I wouldn't say. 
I wouldn't say the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's it's up. Okay, all right. Well, ninety you know fifth percentile. <laughs> you know what? That kind of pisses me off that you said that, Mike. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's funny. I shared these tweets. Uh, Tredavious White's like response the week after he got hit. And he said the first like minute and a half of the interview, like people around his locker room, he's just like, no comment. Like, I don't know what to say about that. You'd have to talk to the officiating. They're like, what do you think about him only getting one game suspension? He's like, "Uh, I don't know. He's like, wasn't, wasn't enough for what he did, blah, blah, blah. And then he went into it and he's like, eventually he's just like, you know, he could have, he could have broke my neck. He's like, I have, I have a son now. He's like, I have to be there for someone now. He's like, I didn't, you know, th- he could have ended my, basically implying like he could have paralyzed me or he could have killed me by doing what he did. And, and people are all like, well, if Trey's okay with it, you should be okay with it. And then I'm like, well, I don't know if Trey's really okay with it. And they're like, oh, well, he said in a, some serious XM interview that he was okay with it. And he wrote some sort of statement that he would move past it. I'm like, yeah, well, have you ever just like lied? <laughs> Have you ever done that? Because he might have just done that just to like make it look like he wasn't. So I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, maybe this is where Bitter Nate came from. So I remember a time where it's such a small scale compared to this, but I remember getting punched in the face at like five years old, right? Like I remember <laughs> this, this like vaguely, right? Like it was like little soccer, little tight soccer, right? We, we it was the first experience I had with like soccer as a kid. And we lived in an area where you can do soccer at like five or six years old. So my parents signed me up. I went to go grab my my soccer ball from like another kid and he was much bigger than I was. <laughs> and and it was my soccer ball. I had my name on it. Now his he also just happened to be another Nate. It had the same name. But it wasn't his soccer ball because they were a slightly different color. And he took away from me. And instead of me having to wherewithal as a five-year-old to be like, excuse me, I know it says that it's your name. But really, if you look closely, I'm sure that you'll find that it's not your name. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find that it's not your ball. He thought I was just trying to take him. So when I went to grab it, he punched me in the face, <laughs> which is like, you know, I I remember that to this oh. day, like 30 years later, that that happened. Like, am I bitter about it? You know what? Absolutely. No, it's just <laughs> Do I think about that all the time? Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> do I want to find that guy now as an adult? <laughs> and maybe rear end him in traffic accidentally <laughs> into an intersection. <laughs> do, I, do I fantasize about bumping him into oncoming traffic? you know and then punching his five-year-old no i'm just kidding it's it's like you know and i'm not i'm not bitter about that now but it's like funny to think about it but like i don't i didn't forget it like you know like if i ever met the guy and he was just like yeah i don't really care would i be happy about that probably not but like if you look at it from the standpoint of tradavius white and gronk like he might say he's over it that was much more um that was much more i guess what's the word egregious than anything that's probably happened to almost all of us like even if you've been sucker punched like that's not the same as a guy who's like 50 pounds heavier and like a foot taller than you just running at full speed into your the back of your head while you're laying down like i screw that guy and people were just like people were in my mentions so like a lot of people liked and agreed with me but then there were people in my mentions that are just like you know what a guy had like one bad thing that happened to him throughout his entire career and you're going to judge him by that i'm like uh actually there it was a separate 
Bill's football player that had an amazing football career and had an amazing post career, except for one night in Brentwood, and everyone's judged him by that ever since then. <laughs> so, so I can absolutely judge Gronk by that one thing because I think that that says a lot about him. But anyway, um, even the even all that aside, which I totally agree with. OJ had like a, a long history of abuse of Nicole, though. He, and Nate's, Nate's, that other Nate, it might have been the first time he'd ever experienced another Nate. <laughs> you might have blown his world. <laughs> he might have thought you were a liar, which I don't condone him of going to violence, of course, but he yeah. might have thought you were trying to steal from him. Yeah, he probably did. Because I was. <laughs> In his <laughs> eyes, I was trying to take the thing that was his, but it was mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I, I definitely. Gronk was at fault. We can agree there. I just, uh, yeah, it, it's you get over in the it. heat of the be, moment. Sometimes he's going to be just... thirty-three years old. He's been injured a lot. He is. He's only played one sixteen-game season since his second year in the league. John, are you? Is like, this is directed at me? A, I'm not is saying going to be available. I'm just saying maybe he 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 thinks the Bills are the best way to win a Super Bowl. He wants to come back to Buffalo and he'll play for a dollar. Then I would take him he's on the team. He's won plenty of Super Bowls, cheating and all that. He's fine. He's he's got what he needs. So I guess my point, my Winston Churchill uh, point, would be like, okay, three million dollars. <laughs> I said I don't want him forever. It's like ah, oh, maybe for three million, maybe something that like vet minimum. <laughs> <laughs> would that be how much I would? I mean, he'd be he'd be a help for sure. Like if you can look past it, I just can't. And, and people are like, "Well, what if Trey White came out and say that he was okay with it?" Well, technically he did, but like if they had a press conference where he's like, "It's all good." Like, I mean, how would it? How would it be all good? What could he possibly do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers for this, but I still don't want him. So good for John to write in and say that. uh Keep Gronk away from Buffalo. Did you see the rumors? Uh, Amari Cooper possibly, maybe, might end up in Buffalo. Ooh. If, you know, a couple different things happen, maybe. That'd be interesting. That would be very interesting. I'm all for that. Amari Cooper, slot receiver? Is he slot receiver for the Cowboys? Can't remember. Yeah, be an upgrade over Cole Beasley. So, uh, <laughs> um, AJ Tharp writes in. Good afternoon. My biggest need for the Bills is cornerback two. If we have two strong corners plus Taron, the Taint Johnson in the slot with Poyer and Hyde, it will allow our D-line to get more coverage sacks. Also, QB2 is quietly a top need. Bring Fitzy home. I love this one. And he, he said, also, we need to trade for Keelan Cole so we still have third and Cole once Peasley moves on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for writing that, AJ. I certainly don't want to lose Cole Beasley because of that, but yeah. Dylan Sable writes, receiver is my answer. McDermott said that we cannot lose our fastball. We need interchangeable pieces for Josh. We won't be picking in the top 10 anytime soon. The track record for awesome talent at wide receiver is late first. We need to reload and make it and make sure it is not an issue moving forward. Steph goes down next year in week 10. Are you confident? Give me more hands. We can't sign them in free agency. We don't have the money. We need to load them up in the draft. Double dip. Ooh, double dip. Another Seinfeld reference. Wow. 
<laughs> John likes that one. Um, Critical Chef writes, Hey, Nate. Critical Chef, who's won multiple things, by the way. Maybe he'll win this one. Um, hope you guys, hey, Nate, hope you guys are doing well. Just finished lis- listening to today's podcast, and it's another great one, as always. Thanks, Critical. Oh, you know what? You just won for that. You know, you just won the pot. You just won the Fred Jackson jersey for saying that. Um, just kidding. In regards to the drawing, I'd have to say that woefully, our most pressing need this offseason is cornerback two. I have never been on the Levi Wallace hype train. I feel like that I, I feel like there's not even been a hype train for Levi Wallace. I feel like most people are either okay with him or they just hate him for some reason. Um, I feel that he's mediocre at best. If McDermott has been able to get this level of play out of him, just imagine how much he can do. Uh, how much he can get out of a cornerback drafted in the first or second or third round, especially since Trey, Light, Trey White most likely won't be ready to play at the beginning of the season, will most likely be bringing in a free agent who can fill in until Tredavis White is ready to go. We need someone better with we need someone with better physical overall traits. I like that one a lot and because behind him, I mean, if we're looking at the depth chart behind Tredavis White is Taron Johnson. Dane Jackson, Saran Neal, Cam Lewis, Nick McLeod, Elijah Griffith, Tim Harris. Like, geez, this is it's scary. It's a scary uh, list after that. Okay, I'll read a couple more. Justin Goddard, the host of co-host host of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. Uh, Justin and Andrew are a great listen. Um, also, they had me on a couple times. Uh, cool guys, really fun conversations. Also, I'm not above throwing my hat into the Fred Jackson giveaway. Um, he writes, I have a sneaky biggest need, and I think it's wide receiver, and here's why. Uncertainty with Cole and McKenzie, the money involved with both. Manny Sands likely retires or doesn't come back, and all of a sudden being stacked at receiver, one through five, goes to being average real quick. We have a lot of needs like offensive line, defensive tackle, possibly defensive end, cornerback two, but I feel like having a good defense is kind of a bonus to the offense being the strength of the team, and that offense likes to move with receivers. Maybe it looks a little different with Dorsey, and maybe Josh has gotten to the point where he elevates whatever receivers you give him, but having a stable of receivers that can help you win a shootout with anyone I think is the most important thing to future success outside of Josh's five, five fire emoji, Allen outside of Josh, five fire emoji. I love that. I love Justin's point right there. So Jason, Jason, uh, writes, Nate, good afternoon. I think there are a number of positional needs for the team. Take it all next year. Uh, defensive ends for years have done a great job getting pressures, but not sacks. This is great for disrupting the timing of the offense, but doesn't necessarily create negative plays. Hopefully, Epinesa going on year three and Rousseau and Basham moving uh, moving on to their sophomore season can take a leap forward and turn those pressures into sacks. Adding a proven defensive end would also help, but is going to be very costly. Yeah. He also talks about a number of different, like great, great email from them. Um, from Jason, he goes into a lot of different things. Backup offensive lineman is a need. He's, he also talks about wide receiver, tight end, weapons. Talks about cornerback. I mean, there's just a lot of different needs out there. Um, so, the, so those are the top. So now I'm going to go into kind of what our needs are, and and the one that that comes out that stands out to me, especially based on our thought, our talk last week, um, in in reading some of the emails and and looking at some of the polls and the responses and thinking about really looking at the depth chart. And I'm going to go with cornerback. Uh, 
for a lot of the reasons already listed. I mean, Tredavious White is a lockdown corner. He's a great corner, but we saw what happened when he went down. And people argue, well, the secondary wasn't that bad in the second half of the season when he wasn't there, but they also played a lot of really bad offenses, like a lot of bottom third offenses at the end of the season. So um, I think they were able to mask a lot of weaknesses. Uh, I think that they masked a lot of their weakness with Levi Wallace as their starting corner, um, even before Tredavis White went out. I don't think he was a great corner um, by any stretch, and I don't think anyone would, would argue that. I think he did the best with what he could. And uh, imagine what they could do if you had Tredavious White healthy and a guy that had better, better upside than Levi Wallace. I think that that's a great combination. And and people have already mentioned it, but the Tredavious White injury, we just don't know for sure if he'll come back 100% by the beginning of the season. This helps bridge that gap. You need another corner. I don't think they have the money for a J.C. Jackson or anything like that. Um, I think they're going to have to draft high for cornerbacks, so I think they're going to go that route. But uh, to me, uh, cornerback is is the biggest need. And I know that like my mantra last week and going into this offseason is build around Josh. And I still think they need to get wide receivers and and ru- even like another running back, tight end, um, some more offensive linemen to block for sure. I think that needs to be. But I think the biggest pressing need, at least in looking at the roster and looking where they don't really have a good starter and he might he might not only become a starter, but the main guy this next season to start. Um, I see that as cornerback. So John, I'll go with you next. Uh, what do you have as your biggest need for the Buffalo Bills? I think there's three tier one needs for the Bills, and you mentioned one of them, but I think the, the biggest is wide receiver. Uh, Cole Beasley or no Cole Beasley, um, you know, Sanders is, is likely to retire. Um, they have Diggs and Gabe Davis, but aside from that, like, even if you look at their whole offense, they need a second playmaker to Josh Allen, just like Mahomes has a second playmaker, Tyree Kill, right? Like they need a receiver that can do some of those things. And uh, in addition to Diggs and, and Davis, um, you know, the league's all about offense. And, you know, the Bills have one of the best defenses in the league already. And, uh, you know, a- adding that, 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 that extra on offense, that extra playmaker, um, especially because you, you don't want Allen doing everything, right? Like he can't, you can't have have him running around all the time. If he can, if he can dump it off on a slant or a, a you know, do an end around to like some speedster that can, you know, go the distance on any given play, so he doesn't have to do it himself. I think that that that's uh, that's huge. Yeah, I like wide receiver a lot, John. Mike, what about you? What do you see as one of the biggest needs? For me, Nate, it's defensive end. The Bills have a lot of young, unproven talent, but they lack that week in, week out, the stalwart to anchor the line, right, with the loss of Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. They're relying too much on second- and third-year players, so I'm really looking for them to upgrade in that position in the offseason. Yeah, right now, I mean, you're missing, like, uh, I mean, Mario Addison led the team in sacks last season with seven. Um, so you lose him. Jerry Hughes has always been, you know, a linchpin in that defensive line. Now you got to hope that those second and third year guys can step through. And then literally the only guys they have on their, on their roster right now are Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, and Mike Love. Uh, so, I mean, they have guys with, that'll be, you know, one year of experience, two years of experience, and then four years, three years, Mike Love, three years, four years. can't remember. Um, 
But anyway, you don't have like that big name. So you're either going in with these guys because, or you're drafting a guy high. You can't afford one, at least at this point, um, like a Chandler Jones or something like that. Um, would I love to see a Chandler Jones on the Bills? Absolutely. I think it changes their defense. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, but maybe this is a good thing. You know, Sean McDermott kind of like shelters his rookies and he kind of sprinkles them in. He never usually gives them too much at once. And maybe this is just a good sign. Maybe this is a chance to, to really let them, um, get out there and eat. But, you know, without the secondary, uh, help for at the cornerback position, I don't know how often they're actually going to get home, but, um, I like that need a lot, Mike. Um, I know that they, they mentioned this in the poll. Um, and John was this, so what was one of your, so you said there were three top tier one needs. What, what were your other ones? Did we, did we list them all? No, you guys got them corner and, and defensive end. I, I mean, it's, it's tricky for both, right? So like corner, you got Tredavious white, you know, you hope to have him back for the beginning of next season. He's probably the best defensive player, right? So they might be good. Oh, there, but you know, losing Wallace, he's pretty good. But they could always bring in a free agent, like they did previously with Poyer and Hyde, and they turned out good. You know, hard, you know, it's hard to say. And then defensive end, you know, that's they've had a pass rush problem for a while now, and to lose their top two guys that out of that group already. That's tough. So you're hoping Rousseau and Basham, um, you know, but. You, you you don't know, so it's hard. Um, but then again, the Bills have you know those few years, the Bills have had a really good defense overall. So regardless of what they've done, mm-hmm. and if they want to they want to hit home on offense and have that extra threat, that's that's the reason I picked a receiver. This is just like so. Defensive tackle is is kind of another need, another sneaky need. I would put in the top four as well, just because. Um, because I, I like both what you guys said. I like defensive end is lead. I love wide receiver as a need. Um, obviously second to cornerback, but <laughs> I love wide receiver as a need because you like, like the one, um, emailer said, like you can't lose your fastball. And if you guys, if you don't have guys in the wings waiting for if something happens to Stefan Diggs, like you're done, you're absolutely cooked. Um, if you don't have the talented guys, you don't necessarily, you can't necessarily rely on Marquez Stevenson or Isaiah Hodgins or Tanner Gentry on the team at that position to take over. Like if the bills drafted a wide receiver in the first round, even having Stefan Diggs, that would not bother me at all whatsoever. If they drafted a defensive end in the first round, like that might bother me just because they've spent so much draft capital there. that you kind of hope they would finally hit on them. But like defensive tackle, like I mentioned earlier, is just, that's a huge need right now. They only have Ed Oliver and Starla Tulele as like their starters and the other guys behind them, like in Brandon, Bryan and Eli Anku, um, you just can't trust. That's why I still suggest that the bills sign, resign FA Obata so he can be that defensive end, defensive tackle tweener. You take care of two positional needs with that resigning. Boom, done. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's a need, uh, John, do you have any other needs that you wanted to mention before I, I mention another need? That's not sure. like I mean, top tier, but like another good yeah, one. Yeah, just piggybacking on defensive tackle. I don't know what the odds are of resetting Harrison Phillips. That could be a potential option. Um, I hope it is. But yeah, yeah um, uh, interior offensive line, right? Like, um, like a some somebody that can play center and guard. Uh, I think that would be good. Um, I don't know how much longer Mitch Morse has. Um, Andy's also getting more expensive at the same time. And then, you know, I know they've had some troubles 
along the line in other spots as well over the last couple of years. So that, that could be an option. The Bills have nine picks this year. If they don't use at least two of those picks on like offensive linemen, specifically like guard slash center guys, like I, there, there should be one guy maybe that's a strict guard. Like, okay, whatever. But there's got to be one of those guys that has also played center and guard because the Bills need help at, at both. Um, like you said, Mitch Morris is just getting more expensive and you need quality depth behind him. Um, you know, it's a perfect opportunity for a guy to learn for a year or two under Mitch Morris and then become the starter. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot, John. Um, I think a tackle were pretty good with Deion Dawkins, um, Spencer Brown, and Tommy Doyle as like the swing guy for now, but um, couldn't say that they couldn't update on upgrade, you know, in any any of those positions, you could upgrade at right tackle and, and make Spencer Brown, your, your swing guy. Like that's, that's, I wouldn't be upset at that. Um, again, like, I guess, you know, my mantra has always been build around Josh. And even though I said cornerback is need, I just say, I just think that's the biggest need just looking at the roster specifically, but I do love the idea of getting a wide receiver, getting even a tight end, a t- another tight end um, in either free agency or the draft because Dawson Knox is really the guy, and then it's Tommy Sweeney and Quinn Morris. That's that's <laughs> that's. I mean, it's Dawson Knox and nobody else um, really on this roster right now. With Cole Beasley, you have Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, and Dawson Knox as your weapons, and that's it for the most part. Everything else is either unproven or whatever you know. And then your running backs. So I would get another tight end, I'd get another wide receiver. You obviously need like a speed threat at running back. You could probably get that in the draft. This draft is full of guys that have speed. Um, at all positions. So, uh, you know, you get one of those wide receivers or whatever. Uh, so yeah, there's, so yeah. So our top three needs cornerback, wide receiver, defensive end. And then we also have defensive tackle. <laughs> you, John, you got another one. You were going to say backup quarterback, weren't you? Well, I mean, Trubisky is a free agent, right? <laughs> Trubisky's um, getting linebacker. A- I think one of the, the emails mentioned linebacker, like mm-hmm. after Edmonds and Milano, let's, they got some special team. I mean, there's some potential there still, but linebacker, mm-hmm. punter, right? Absolutely. Punter, that's a big one. That's what she said. Um, I like punter a lot. Um, I like I like the linebacker one, like you mentioned, because I thought that they, they really have don't have a lot of depth. I know they only play two linebackers for the most part, but A.J. Klein is kind of like uh, – he's kind of like not as good as Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds necessarily, but like – if they don't pick up a middle linebacker in this draft, I'd be surprised because they need to get a guy that could potentially take over if they don't re-sign Tremaine Edmonds to a big deal. And a guy, maybe they feel Tyrell Dotson is the guy or something. I don't really know, but they, they have to find a guy in this draft or something that, that could potentially be the guy because I don't think they're sold on Tremaine Edmonds. And with Josh Allen's price tag going up to over $40 million next year, um, they need to be 100% positive if they're going to re-sign him. So... Man, we went over a lot of stuff uh, this podcast. Um, I'm going to do the winner of the Fred Jackson jersey. Fred Jackson jersey is a giveaway from the folks over at buffaloautographs.com. Um, like I mentioned, this is a cool like mom and pop sort of uh, uh, website where they sell these autographed bills memorabilia. And, uh, and it's probably the cheapest on the market that you can find. Uh, like I said, it goes to a good cause. Obviously they make money, but it also helps out like, you know, small businesses as opposed to like these bigger companies. Right. Um, 
I feel like Ryan over at, at, at Buffalo Autographs, he's the kind of guy that would uh, give you his Netflix password. Like he's that, he's that nice of a guy. <laughs> or maybe his Peacock password. I don't know. I don't know him well enough. Is he the kind of guy that would give you his HBO Max password? He test it out. Maybe. You know what? <laughs> if he doesn't give us our, his HBO Max password, I'm not going to bring him up on the podcast ever again. We need to think. I was thinking between the three of us, even though it sounds like I'm the one that has less streaming services than the YouTube. Like we should like somehow come together and like get ones that we don't have. If there's one that, you know, the rest of us don't have, we should go together, go in together, you know, like HBO max. So so what do you have to offer? (laughs) Oh, I got, I got passwords, buddy. I got, I got at least a Disney plus maybe, maybe not anymore. Maybe I used all those, (laughs) um, Netflix. Those are the only two I pay for. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I, I have nothing to offer. I have nothing so you probably have to get something else then. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely swiping Very pedestrian. <laughs> um, shoot, Hulu? Would Hulu do Hulu do anything for you? All the Seinfelds? No, I got that. <laughs> All right, I bring I nothing to the table. Anyway. So, <laughs> so the winner of the Fred Jackson Seinfelds on uh, Netflix now, anyway. <laughs> Is it? Oh yeah, that's right. It is. So I'm gone. Um, the winner of the Fred Jackson signed jersey from BuffaloAutographs.com is Justin Goddard. Justin Goddard, uh, shoot me a DM. Uh, let me know that you listen to this podcast, and uh, I will ship that over to you. So it's cool. Cool. I got to have Justin and Andrew on in the off season to talk uh, talk some bills because uh, they always put out a good conversation over there at the Wandering Buffalo. So uh, cool. Congratulations to Justin. Uh, Goddard. There was one guy I kind of wanted to win just because I love his his handle, and he calls himself Connor, but he says his his nickname is AKA Hingle McCringleberry. <laughs> I feel like I just wanted him to win just because of that name, that self gloss nickname, how Hingle McCringleberry. Uh, but he didn't, unfortunately. Sorry, Connor. I just I just have to give you a shout out for that awesome awesome name. Um, thank you guys all that wrote in. I didn't obviously get a chance to read all of them, but they were all very good. Appreciate you guys taking the time to do this. I appreciate you guys listening and, uh, and discussing and talking about all the Seinfeld bits with us and everything else. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I think next week we're going to go over specific free agents that kind of tickle our fancy, uh, within those needs that we just went over. Um, and we'll go from there. So, uh, signing off for John. So by my count, uh, only 10 positional needs for next season. Not too bad. I think, uh, you know, in, in being I trust and uh, uh, go Bills. For Mike, everybody's in the same situation as us. Future's bright. Go Bills. <laughs> Everyone's in the same situation for us, but the future's brighter for us than them, right? I hope. Meaning they have need, they all have needs, but our future is still brighter. Our needs are fewer? Fewer? Yeah. You have more. I feel like we listen, we listen a lot of needs. <laughs> but every team has needs, John. They're all losing a bunch of players normally. We do like our front office. We think they're above average. <laughs> That's something. It's something, yeah. It's not nothing. <laughs> hey, even nothing is something. Not, wow. Amen to that. And for me, Nate, uh, go Bills. Uh, build around Josh and also cornerback and uh, and always make sure you have hand we'll talk to you guys later thanks
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>